What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Terribly Drawn History Podcast. It's your boys. We're back for season two. <laughs> Out uh, here in the studio, we also got our special guest, Ant. Yes, sir. Ant's here. He might say a couple words. Yeah. He might say no words. I'm here to learn. Yeah. We just want to let you guys know in case you hear a third voice and you think you're bugging. You're not. <laughs> yeah, you, don't worry. You are not. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about the French Revolution. What you got, Mark? Yeah, you know, I just want to say it's great to be back in the studio for season two. You know, yeah. it's been a, been a couple months. We've been uh, we've been off like you know the Instagram page and we've been off of YouTube. We've been off of this, but now we're getting back into it. You know, school's over, so uh, expect to see more from us in the future. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, more videos on the way and all Yo, that. Also, I want to let the listeners know that I'm wearing a watch, so if I sound <laughs> smarter, that's why. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. That's yeah. perfect. That's exactly what we need here. All right, so today we're going to talk about the French Revolution. Uh, so. Uh, I think the best way to handle this is we want to kind of tackle what the French Revolution is, how it started, you know, beginning, middle, and end, and then we want to get into more of uh, like the ideals behind the French Revolution and uh, some some opinions that we have about it. Some people might know I know this, but some people might know that actually the French Revolution happened after the American Revolution. Absolutely, yeah. and in part that's what caused it. You gotta yeah. know. That. So yeah, uh, that's 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 great. You bring that up. It's the perfect segue. So. The, uh, the French Revolution, the whole reason that it, it, uh, this problem even began to amount in the first place is that the French aided us a great deal in the American Revolution. Not only mm-hmm. were they sending soldiers and uh, military aids, money, equipment, etc. to us in, uh, in the Americas while we were fighting the British, but they also committed a large part of their navy. Uh, they had to enlist a lot of men. And what people don't really know about this time is that uh, at, at, when countries weren't at war... They had a very small standing army, mm-hmm. so to fight the English, France kind of had to expand this army, and they had to pay out a lot of money, and the Revolutionary War lasted a pretty decent amount of time. Same same reason why the Revolutionary War had taken place. Yes, uh, yes. So the what happened with the, the French people is that the government began to levy all these taxes on them. Now, the problem in France is that the, uh, the only people who paid taxes in France were the middle class and the poor people. And um, at the time, the rise of the middle class is actually very important in the situation because you see a lot of leaders emerge from the middle class because this, these are the people who had specialized trades and things like that. And this was now I just don't mean to stop you, but how would you differentiate? Like, how do they know who was the middle class? Like, who pays so, taxes? So, so middle class are essentially anybody who is a specialized craftsman. Okay. And specialized craftsman is something that really popped up around the 1600s, 1500s, uh, and 1700s in in large droves because we began to develop better tools. Uh, you know, the start of, not the start of the Industrial Revolution, but we began to uh, slowly gain better agricultural tactics and uh, equipment to do agriculture so less people were needed in the field, so more people can go into the city and learn a specialized trade. Mm-hmm. So these people weren't intelligent enough to own large swaths of land like the uh, aristocracy, but they were they knew how to read, they were intelligent people, they would have been involved in the Enlightenment, which kind of took place among, yes, the aristocracy and the rich people, but the middle class would have been able to read the things and hear about the things that were coming out. Uh, so The aristocracy, that would be the first estate, right? That's yes, the whole the, state system? So the, the first estate is the aristocracy, the second estate is the clergy, and the third estate is the middle class and the peasants. Mm-hmm. So only the third estate had to pay for all of these things. Uh, at, at one point, half of the national budget of France is being spent on this debt. And, uh, you know, the people felt this hard because they're the ones who had to pay the taxes. And there was a lot of bad harvest that year, which, you know, the government didn't care. If you owe taxes, you owe taxes. It doesn't matter if you don't have enough to feed your family. And a lot of mm-hmm. people weren't able to feed their families. 
And uh, you see this through all the time throughout history. If you starve out the peasants, there's always a revolution. There's always a revolt that happens. There's always something large scale. Because uh, when people go hungry, they go, they get crazy. Mm -hmm. Not crazy. I mean, they're justified, but you know, they, no, they, they take drastic, they, they take drastic. Exactly. Yeah. So what happened is that uh, the third estate, when, when King Louis, King Louis, he organized an estate general, the last estate general, which is what essentially, is the estate general? general is essentially them uh, assembling and like voting on things and discussing the issues. So he assembled them to talk about like the drought and the debt and Who things. Who was this guy though? Uh, the first, second, and third estate. All, th all three. Uh, yeah, he assembled all three of them, and the f the first and second estate had three hundred members each, but the third estate came with six hundred people, and it just showed how they had so much more people than them, but their vote mattered little against the first and second estate. Okay. So they wanted the first and second estate to start paying taxes, and and you know obviously they did not want to, so they decided to leave um, the meeting and, and try to establish their own type of uh, convention, and they, they changed their name to the National Assembly. and uh, But they wouldn't let them back in, so they, they assembled in a tennis court, in, in, an inside te uh, in an indoor tennis court, and they vowed, it's called the Tennis Court Oath, and they, yeah. they vowed to uh, make sure that they would never stop until France gained a constitution that benefited them. Okay. And so this is kind of where like you see uh, all the tension amounting in France, uh, so they they went on to abolish feudal rules. So they, they this was, it wasn't really enforced, but no longer were the people kind of like paying into these uh, like fiefs where you would have to pay for your land and things like that to the feudal land or uh, lord. They they stopped. Um, they they enforced. They tried to get people to enforce the law harder on these um, uh, like on the on the I'm first and second first. estates. Yeah. Because like a lot of the middle class were people who like had the ability to enforce even on the type second, of law. Even, you said even on the clergy. Yeah, yeah, they just enforced the law in general. Because uh, you know the Enlightenment, a lot of the Enlightenment was questioning God and questioning all these things. And the only reason uh, King Louis is in power is because of divine right. And when you okay, question yeah. divine right, and when you question if God is real, then the kings, you know, the kings put there it by doesn't God. Matter, but it doesn't who is matter God? if he's backed up by God. Exactly, because yeah. you don't care about that and especially when you're hungry you don't care if this guy is backed up by god you know that god does not want you to be hungry exactly and exactly. so uh oh real quick i just wanted to back up for a second uh those representatives do you happen to know like how they were chosen were they elected or something mm. they tried to implement yeah uh, some of them were elected some of them were chosen uh at i'm pretty sure the first and second estate was kind of like inherent they were chosen by you know like just representative committee or whatever. Yeah, yeah yeah just they, like just like okay you go you go you go mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you know represent a family or something like that okay I understand but um for the for the third estate now I read that King Louis tried to implement democracy but at a very like local level so part members of this third estate could have been part of that like local level democracy similar like your local congressman yeah or it could have just been well to do people in their communities who okay. were chosen to represent uh, I'm, I'm honestly I'm, I'm not too okay. sure but I, I would that's my best guess mm -hmm. and either, it could be either one of those so um all these tensions started to mount and uh, eventually a lot of people would get pissed off and they would storm the Bastille which is like a, a prison and an armory in France and uh, once they did this they only they said it was to free prisoners but there were literally only seven people there but it was mainly to get armaments. So these people started to arm themselves, oh, and, they, okay. and they, they started to form their own uh, military, like militias that were loyal to uh, the French people instead of the monarch. Mm -hmm. And a lot of French soldiers actually were sympathetic with uh, the revolutionaries because they were going without pay. Was, oh, okay, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And so they, they decided to, to kind of uh, switch over and like help them out. If they, 
Sorry, I keep cutting you off. If they had not been paid, like, what uh, class were the soldiers in? I was curious. Uh, most most soldiers were always, like, poor or middle class. That's the reason that they were soldiers, because yeah, they okay. had, like, literally nothing else. I was just wondering if, like, when they were soldiers, they had, like, some sort of, like, special... Privilege. No, but no. no. Okay. Uh, actually, like, in a lot of in a lot of the, these countries, like, the, uh, like, France, Britain, like, the soldiers were looked down upon by the people, because they were, like, known to be, like, rowdy and, like, ex-cons and stuff like that. So oh, that's really, why you go to the military. Yeah, people didn't really like, yeah, they, they didn't like soldiers at all. So, um, you know, at the time, like, a lot of people weren't even calling for, like, uh, a republic. They wanted just, like, a constitution. They wanted the king's powers to be in check and things like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, they kept King Louis in charge for a while, even though the third estate now, like, it gained a lot of esteem in, in various areas. So he was kind of, like, essentially a figurehead. But at the same time, he was, him and other uh, aristocrats who had been kicked out of France, they were uh, contacting other nations to try and like uh, squash the rebellion makes like, sense because they're like this could happen to you. exactly exactly they tried to get all these other monarchies on their side how'd that work out uh so the holy roman empire uh ended up joining because king leopold ii uh his sister was marie antoinette okay who was uh mm-hmm. married to king louis and um and the the the, the prussians also got involved so um the the third estate decided that the best thing to do was to go to war against Austria in order to, like, secure grain from there so that they would be able to feed the people. And, and King Louis was on board with this, like, publicly. But uh, behind closed doors, he was kind of, like, get, trying to get the Prussians and the Austrians to, like, fight back hard and, like, destroy the army so that he would be able to restore power. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ended up try- attempting to flee the uh, Paris because they, they made him move to Paris from Versailles okay. so they could have him, like, he was essentially under house arrest. He was a figurehead. And uh, he tried to flee, and they caught him. Awesome place to be on house arrest, by the way. Oh, yeah, in, the, in, the, in, in Paris. <laughs> oh, no, he was in Paris. Oh, sorry. But he was in his royal I, palace I in Paris. Sorry, so sorry, it's, sorry. it's honestly the same thing. It okay. It'd still be awesome to be on house arrest in that house. But uh, so he tried to escape, and uh, but they killed him. So, well, no, they captured him. Then they figured, okay, he's trying to escape. Mm-hmm. We, they lost faith, and they lost complete faith in him. Because at first, they wanted to keep him. They, they thought that it was, if they could check the king's powers, it wouldn't be a big deal. That you know They would have more representation. The first estates and the second estates would have to pay into it, so it would be fine. But they, they, uh, they didn't... He, when he fled, that all that went out the window, and the Jacobins, which were a faction inside the revolution, they started to gain more steam, and they were the people who were calling for a republic, and they were led by Robespierre. Uh, so after they, they sentenced... Louis to, to execution, they cut, cut him by guillotine. Robespierre and the Jacobins would take power because they were the people who had the plan for a republic. And, uh, you know, they issued the, the Declaration of Rights of Man. This is a little bit before him, but that's this is big. The, that, that declaration was one of the first, and it's actually, it's more encompassing than the American Declaration mm-hmm. and the American Bill of Rights because so? uh, they, every man, uh, and no matter what, was entitled to a vote was entitled to uh, their personal rights. Uh, it that, was, rather than being having to be a land, ra- rather than being a, a rich white land, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, liberty, property, and security. That was their, mm-hmm. that was their, uh, their their driving line, and so. Uh, Again, the, John Locke, though. Yeah, yeah. It's, they they were heavily influenced by all these Enlightenment, things, especially Immanuel Kant, who was you know in the area, writing in the area, yeah. uh, and uh, but um. Once the Jacobins took in power, that's when, you know, this everybody knows about, like, the Reign of Terror, where they, they killed 16,000 people by execution and guillotine. One of the more horrible things that went on during this time was in the Vendée region of France. Uh, they considered, you know, it was at a time where 
they they were cultivating this this idea of nationalism, but nationalism was fa- almost founded by the French Revolution. It was one of like the major times where nationalism actually became a thing. Well, because the first time that your rights come from not from the like God or the King, it, it, it comes from yeah, France. Yeah. You know, like it's like we all make this collective. Like we all agree to this exactly. this country. That's 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 the big driving force behind it, and, and this was shocking to me because I thought that nationalism was like oh before I you would know you not, started I mean, studying. Would you history. argue that maybe like? Would you argue that ah, I guess the Revolutionary War like it's not really national? They were more patriotic. They were more patriotic. It was more like New York is under attack, and I'm yeah, in New York, yeah, exactly. so I want yeah, like, yeah, yeah. for them. It was France is under attack. We have to defend France. We always have. It's always France, France, France. It's never like Paris is under attack. Yeah. As Parisians, you know yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be more. Pa- but in the Vendée region, it was a region that you know was constantly switching around during the the various wars in Europe. So they didn't really see the people there as French, and it. When you read about it, it is it is horrible. They they literally murdered and brutalized civilians. They had and this was done on like a local level. It wasn't really preached in the doctrine of the Jacobins, mm-hmm. but they also didn't stop it. But the generals and the, and the and the lieutenants at the local level would like. But why were civi- civilians being killed? They like just a, they thought that they were all enemies of the revolution. That they all supported the monarchy. It was like a, like a nineteen eighty four type they, thing, like thought police almost. Yeah, you they know? slaughtered. They literally killed everybody. They would just chop women and children did not matter and uh, you know the french revolution and its ideals is very very like impactful and it, and, and it did a lot it, it really did to to spur the ideals of, of the future and and you know after the french revolution every country in europe would try to vie for more democratic power all these people would be inspired by that but there were so many horrible things that took place during the french revolution the reign of terror the, the massacre and the vendette mm-hmm. all these things are uh you know it's it's hard to call the French Revolution bad, but a lot of the things that occurred during were very, very ugly. And that's why I think that that's the one reason that people view the American Revolution in a more positive aspect, because you didn't have these massacres, you didn't have these reigns of terrors and things like that. You had towering and traveling. Exactly. Which, in in comparison, is not, not, not that bad. Still, I wouldn't want it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... How about you? Nah, yeah. I mean, I prefer not to. I mean, I'm not going to complain if it happens by any chance, but I mean, like, I'll try not to get talking for a bit. I don't know. Probably take hours to scroll off. <laughs> uh, so in, but I, I would, you know, in, in terms of that, the American Revolution is definitely more positive, but I would say in terms of impact that uh, the French Revolution is actually more impactful. And, you know, for the reasons that these ideals, they were very close home to Europe, one. Uh, you know, France is right next door. You get information quicker. And things like that. it took six minutes to go from a boat from America to to Europe. People really how didn't, long did you say? Six months. Okay. So it really wasn't like depending on the winds, but it it really wasn't important for people to like know about America as opposed to knowing about France, which is right next door. The information travels re- relatively quickly. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and you know, France was also another monarchy, like all these places around it in Europe. So for France, for the people around France to see that these people can overthrow their oppressive monarchy. Like, what can we do? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We, can, we can fight for the same rights. And, and, and also, like I mean, that. like, another reason to always, like, Britain was fight. Like, Britain was also fighting across those, across the ocean. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh. Britain wasn't able to use its full power. Right? Yeah, yeah, not and, even like, close. France, this was on their home soil. You know what I'm saying? So, like, there, this is a much more, it looks more winnable. There you were know? thousands of men that were, like, literally hundreds of thousands of yeah, men that died. Yeah. They lost a decent percent of their male population because right after all the revolutionary wars then you have the napoleonic wars which were 10 times as bloody 
as the Revolutionary Wars because the Revolutionary Wars were kind of scattered in the way that they fought. They didn't really fight. Uh, Did he so he came into power within after this vacuum? Was that so, what happened? So what happened is there was like five different government changes uh, after the Jacobins. You know, Robespierre eventually. Uh, his reign of terror would end with him on the guillotine himself because mm. people thought that he was... It, it got to a point where people were so scared and everybody was pointing fingers at each other that eventually a lot of people came together and said, like, this is the guy that's causing it. Yeah, so they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they killed him. And that's when you kind of see the, the revolution taking a more positive spin. And, uh, you know, the government is kind of coming under more control. They're trying to be more stable. But at the same time, at this entire time that they're trying to stabilize the country, they have all these outside forces attacking them and trying to fight them. And uh, this is where you see the rise of Napoleon. So Napoleon was, you know, he came from a, a like a decent, well-to-do family, but he was just a, a, an artillery officer, and people really liked the way that he kind of positioned his like small group of artillery. So eventually, he would move up and move up and move up, and eventually, he became like a pretty pretty high-ranking general, and he won a couple like uh, pretty decisive battles. Mm. That's when people started to kind of get behind him, and in, in another government change, you know, it, it's very complicated to get into. Like I didn't even try reading into it. I, I'm not gonna lie, because there was literally like six different government changes but in in this in uh like you said in a power vacuum he managed to seize control for himself and at first he was granted like councilship which is uh, an old like they, they had that in rome and essentially the councils were like the president of the senate or the pre yeah the president of the senate okay. so here they granted him councilship but in his in the councilship in france he was basically given unlimited power uh and like only partially checked by by the the uh, estates but after he uh he got into power, he began to kind of consolidate more and more until eventually, you know, he went on and crowned himself. Emperor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where's, that, where's that at? Was that in France? Yeah, it was in France. And it's, it, you know, he, he has a quote, and it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to quote it exactly, it's, I'm paraphrasing, but he essentially says, we started the revolution uh, in one place, and we ended it here. We start, it's, it's either we started the revolution here, and we ended it here, essentially saying we started the revolution fighting a monarch, like, having a monarch, and we ended the revolution having a monarch. Okay. Because even after the French Revolution, they still had a monarch. They still had a king who was either a Bonaparte or, uh, uh, yeah, who was a Bonaparte up and up until like, I would I want to say like the late eighteenth, uh, the late nineteenth century. Wow. And so you know, and and that goes the same. Even even Britain, they never really got rid of their monarchy, but they still have they made the tran <laughs> they made the transition a lot more peacefully. You know, Parliament always had say. But the wars, you know, in the 1600s were how much say should they have until eventually they grabbed more and more and more power. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, it's, it's a lot different. That's why they didn't really have to go under that violent kind of, uh, like, change that France did. France, they weren't giving any power to the Estates General. Before the Estates General was assembled by King Louis, they weren't assembled for 100 years. The last time they were assembled was literally in the 1600s, 100 years before this event. So I, I think that that's, like, one of the main reasons that the French Revolution came into play. And, you know, they the whole time... They were aiding people in the Americas to fight and overthrow an oppressive regime. Mm -hmm. They were literally like the people. The people in France knew what they were doing. Like they knew what the British were. They knew that these people were fighting for freedom. They saw the ideas coming out of there. Yeah, and they they, they really took from it. And well, I mean, like totally the connections already. You mentioned it with the the quotes, the John Locke quote. It's like life. Yeah, liberty. the John Locke is life, liberty, property. Declare no Declaration of Independence. I'm pretty sure it's not the Constitution. I think it's Declaration of Independence. It's life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And then what did you say? It's life, liberty, and security. Security. And yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's literally the same thing. And Benjamin Franklin spent a, a great deal amount, a great deal of time in France. Yeah, you know, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously talking to the people there, talking to some of the Enlightenment thinkers and, and uh, the people that he would always uh, talk about. 
associate with. Mm-hmm. They got his ideas. They knew what was going on in the Americas. It was it was a matter of time, honestly. They kind of did it to themselves in a way. Uh, I, I would argue, yeah, I would definitely make the argument that they, if they didn't yeah. get involved in the American Revolution, they would have not there only gone There would have been no French Revolution. Yeah, which is, which is crazy to think about, but the French Revolution set a lot of important precedents. It set the precedent that we can overthrow our regime. It set the precedent that... On their own soil. Uh, exactly. That they, they can free themselves. That yeah. the, the common man... It's the common man's world. Yeah. It's not... And destroy the older, old regime. Not just, like, fight them off. Like, get rid of them. Literally, take them the, out. the French, they, they, they went as far as to change the hours and the minutes of every day. They started their calendar from year one, day one. Seriously? Like, I they, never they, heard of that. They tried to get rid of... <laughs> That's every so holiday, That's pretty crazy. They, yeah, they started from year one, day one. That's such a bold ass. Yeah, I know. This is the beginning of history. <laughs> like, wow, no, like, that's that was their argument. Like this is the beginning of, of history. But like, all right, so if you're like 15 years old, you born like negative 15. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> BF before France. <laughs> uh, and you know that's. I think that. I think we, I think that's that's the French Revolution. Yeah, that's that is the French Revolution. That's the French Revolution. Yeah. End of episode one. Fuck yeah. End of episode one. Thanks, guys. Uh, see you later. Anytime. Uh, so we wanted to try something new with uh, season two. So we wanted to add in these kind of like little segments where we just... Uh, Discuss what we talked about and, you know, have a little... Uh, kind of like rate them also, you know. Got little categories. Yeah. Different things we want to highlight. This is just us just trying to have fun, honestly. Right. <laughs> so you want to start with your first category? So, uh, my first category is uh, who I think is the MVP, MVP? of the French Revolution. Alright, so for MVP. So, I, I would say for MVP for the French Revolution, I, I, it definitely had to be uh, Napoleon. I, I would say Napoleon, okay. you know, he came from little to nothing. He I disagree. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Go ahead, man. Let me hear it. No, no, no. I'm, uh, just, no uh, you take. I'm just saying because okay. I have a different MVP. Um, so, my MVP, I, like, I, I'd say Napoleon because if it wasn't for the French Revolution, if the French weren't fighting these important wars... He never would have had a chance to kind of move up in the ranks. And he kind of would have been like a lowly artillery officer for his entire life because that's kind of what he was destined to be. Even if he would have shown his brilliance, the way that the system was set up, he never would have moved up. But there was just no important generals. There were no, uh, you know, the aristocrats were the generals and they were kind of gone. So now he kind of filled that vacuum and gave him an opportunity. All right, you ready for mine? Yeah, I'm ready. My MVP, America. (laughs) (laughs) Without the American Revolution, none of this would have happened. I mean... France honestly owes their independence to us, I think. Ooh, that's a hot take, man. That's, <laughs> that's a, a hot take. take, yeah. I mean... Uh, all right, nah, I'm fucking around with the last part. <laughs> but MVP, America. All right. Okay. Uh, I have another one here. I have best spin zone. But like, best... She had a bad story, but best spin zone, Marie Antoinette. Her, her quote, let them eat cake. Never what? happened. Never happened? She never said that. I don't, but all, I don't know, but I thought the whole thing was like, let me cake, it means like the shit. Oh, it means like. It's the stuff, it's the stuff it's that's like. It's like wood chippings. No, no, it's like, it's like, cause the food, the food would be like brushed off the table and it would sort of just like get jammed on the floor and they call that cake cause it gets caked up. Yeah, look up if that's real. And then, but anyway, you hear the quote now, it's like, let them eat cake. Like, oh, like she's a good, like she was letting the peasants have cake. Like, what a good <laughs> woman. True spin zone for her. Our stats department's on this. I don't think this happened. Everything here is saying no. Well, regardless, that's the quote that everyone knows. So, best spin zone for her. She's known as a good good character in history when she shouldn't be. 
All right, guys, that's the end of our uh, little segments. If you like it, let us know. I think that uh, we definitely want to do more in the future. This was kind of a... Give a us yours. Let us know who your MVP is. Yeah, yeah, let us know. There's no comments below, but you can always DM us. You know who we are. Later, right. guys. Bye again. This week we got French fries. <laughs> where do you, where do you think they're from? France. You're wrong. What? So, what? <laughs> what? So you think you knew? Yeah, yeah, I thought I knew. <laughs> they're actually from America. Oh my God. Yeah. When were they invented? That was in punchline. <laughs> that they're from America. <laughs> because all that the year has this great idea. Let's put this segment in. <laughs> but I don't know nothing about it. I just know they're American. Because we Americans love fried food. <laughs> Why were they made? He's like, they're from America. <laughs> I just gotta say that. I wasn't no ready way. for this. <laughs> nah, yo. You just... <laughs> I lost my composure there. I'm sorry. Uh, Caught him slipping. They were invented in 1932. Really? Yeah. So if I look it up, in right a now. small town outside of Ohio. Wow. That's where the best tomatoes grew in the area We're because they got a lot of rain there. Yeah. And the soil was in a nice spot. There were no trees in the area. So <laughs> no way. So so the sunshine just beat down these tomatoes. And this one guy. <laughs> this one guy. This one guy. He was uh, he was like going through this field with these great tomatoes, and he was like, "Man, <laughs> these things are taking up way too much space in my cart. They're delicious, but I wish I could just keep them, you know, smaller." Yeah, yeah. So he took like 150 and just like squished them. Damn. And uh, that's where ketchup started. <laughs> okay, so right here. Oh wait, we're talking about French fries. Oh, right fun. here. <laughs> Not, 1789. 1789. First of all. <laughs> one enduring, er, one enduring well, origin story holds that French fries were invented by street vendors on the Pont Neuf Bridge in Paris in 1789. Yeah. So anyway, he invented ketchup, and then right next to it, the <laughs> neighbor was like, "Yo, you need something for that," and that's where French fries come from. These were invented just before the outbreak of the French Revolution. Oh, wow. yo, I thought I knew. <laughs> yeah, yo, I thought I knew. You thought you knew. Yo. <laughs> Wow, that's so topical. We gotta keep this in there now. I am keeping it in there. Thanks, guys. Bye again.